The reading for today is from Romans 8, verses 18 to 25. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly, as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we are saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But we hope for what we do not know yet. We wait for it patiently. As the word of God goes out, it doesn't return void, but it accomplishes what it's sent to do. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Is it warm enough? Waited a long time for this, haven't we? Listen to Psalm 125, verses 1 to 2. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken but endures forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people, both now and forevermore. Holy Spirit, come and lift burdens, bring edification, exhortation, and comfort in Jesus' name. I want to take this opportunity to honour you this morning for all the work that you've done over the last 18 months together to keep the witness of the church here at Barton going forward. And that isn't the end of it, but it's highly commendable. I just want to encourage you all this morning for all that you've done and all that you are doing. God revealed to me a person coming up out of slumber. And this person was lifting their head up very slowly and beginning to see the light and wondering where they go from where they are at the moment. 
And I began to look at this and God was speaking to me about the rising up and we've got buttercups in our garden. I guess some of you have as well. But they look so lovely and, and, and bright. And every time we see buttercups, the sun starts to shine. And that's what God wants for the church and the body of Christ, to stand up now to the darkness and start to shine. Matthew chapter three, verse six, uh, chapter 5, verse 16. Let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. The time has come now to look for opportunities to expand and touch people's lives, where people are suffering because of all that they've gone through. The opportunities are there now. The country has been shaken, not just this country, but other countries. And God is providing something where we can reach out to people and draw them to the foot of the cross. I want to speak to you, just before that, I want to just share that there is someone who is tied up in a net and you're trying to get out of the net. You're struggling because it's just difficult and it's making you angry and you're pulling at the net to break it so you can get out. But you struggle. Then God shows me that if you put your hands up and worship him, you will be set free. If that's you, make contact with somebody at the end of the meet, at the end of the service, and I'm sure they'll pray for you. To be a disciple of Jesus Christ is costly. We leave the past behind and we move forward into a new life in the power of God's Spirit. And he directs us. And when we make a stand for Jesus, then the powers of hell will start to come against us and things will go wrong and difficult and we'll wonder where it's coming from. The Apostle Paul said, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers in the darkness. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus was the sacrificial lamb. And he overcame the world by defeating the devil at the cross of Calvary. He paid the price, he took our death and suffered. And paid the price that the legalness of God would be satisfied. And through his sacrifice, we can be set free and brought into a relationship with God through Jesus. He has overcome and defeated the powers of darkness. Now as a Christian we stand in that power, in that victory, and we can only overcome by the Spirit of God who is working within us, the power of the Holy Spirit. And as Jesus rose again, so we rose into new life, and it's by faith. I want to encourage you today that you're in the victory, that you're on the right side if you put your trust in Jesus. And I want to share a few thoughts this morning about the um, eternal glory of God's people, a word of encouragement. Early Christians had great 
persecution. Some even died or even faced death. Galileans had a lot of problems because they had to carry their cross to the place of crucifixion where the Romans crucified them. And all through the ages, Christians have had persecution. And even today, it's not getting much better. And it will get worse towards the end of the age. But we have to stand and walk in the light as he is in the light and be a demonstration to the people around us, even the people in the church. We need to encourage one another, help one another, lift one another up and walk, work together, become one body and move together supporting each other. The Apostle Paul said, I consider that our present suffering is not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. So we don't focus on the present, we focus on the goal. We, are, we have a destiny and God wants us to move forward and know where we're going and to reveal to us his purpose for your life and my life and for the life of the church. What Jesus suffered for you. I want to quote now from one of Nicky Gumbel's books, Questions of Life. When Jesus was arrested in the garden, he was then taken to be flogged, tortured, and a crown of thorns stuck on his head, and carrying his cross to where they was going to crucify him. Quote from Nicky Gumbel. Flogging was described in this way. The sufferer's veins were laid bare and the very muscles and bowels of the victim were opened to exposure. At the place of crucifixion, Jesus was stripped naked then was laid on the cross, and six-inch nails were driven into his forearms, just above the wrist. His legs were twisted sideways, so that the ankles could be nailed between the tibia and the Achilles tendon. The cross was lifted up and then dropped into a socket in the ground. There he was left to hang in intense heat, an unbearable thirst exposed to the ridicule of the crowd this is what Jesus suffered for each one of us as he took our death this is where he overcame the world he was a sacrificial lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world Jesus died for you Jesus died for you and Jesus died for you and for me. We live in a fallen world. Verse 20. For the creation was subject to frustration by its own choice, but by the will, <coughs> not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope. Willful sin brought a curse on creation. Adam and Eve in the garden, placed there in the garden of plenty, paradise, 
and they, they, they uh, you know the story, she disobeyed and took the fruit off the tree. Willful sin causes a curse. We were all born under the curse. That means creation has fallen from the glory of God's presence. And as a result, they were cast out of the Garden of Eden. And a curse came on the land and upon all human beings. We were born physically in our mother's womb, but spiritually dead. No concept of God, no spiritual dimension within our lives. And that is the result of sin. And those of us who put our trust in Jesus Christ and put our faith in him have been lifted out of the curse into the glorious liberty of God's forgiveness. And those of you that haven't received Jesus or put your trust in him, God wants to set you free and lift you up and bring you into a glorious new life where you'll be heading to be with Jesus for eternity. We were all born under the curse. Jesus came into the world to seek and to save that which was lost. I was lost desperately. It took 28 years, nearly 38 years for me to come to the place where I understood that Christ could set me free. And I suffered for 25 years, and I'm sure that there are many here with the same problems. Many of you have been set free. But Jesus and God's timing is perfect. If God has got his hand on your life, he will not let you go until you surrender to him. There's no peace without Christ in the center of our lives. All creation will be liberated. The creation itself will be liberated from the bondage of decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. Verse 21. The day is coming when creation is liberated and transformed. When Jesus comes back to set up his earthly kingdom, the new Jerusalem, we will come into that new transformed liberty. All looks hopeless now, godlessness everywhere, and it's getting worse. There is so much godlessness around, it's so difficult to describe it. Anarchy, godlessness, we don't want God anymore. We used to do God, but we don't do him anymore. We have to wait for our redemption. A new order will free God's people from death hell and the grave. But we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, <coughs> the redemption of our bodies. That's verse 23. Now is not the time to wobble, as Margaret Thatcher once said. Now is not the time to wobble. Live in the victory of Christ. We can all live in that victory by faith. And in my experience, it comes by 
trusting Christ, going through difficult times, and then God seems to do something within us to lift us up, and we come to a deeper knowledge of what God has done for us, and we begin to understand just exactly what God has done in our lives. But it takes faith and and, and, uh, pushing forward, not giving up, pressing on. The Holy Spirit is the deposit. He helps us now. The Holy Spirit is with us now and is helping us. He's <coughs> building his church through his people. He's anointed people with different abilities and gift to build up the church and to encourage one another. The Holy Spirit is the third person of a triune God. The Holy Trinity The Hebrew word for for glory is kavod. It means respect, honour and majesty. That's what we can look forward to for those that overcome. The Holy Spirit is with us now. And he wants to come into each one of our lives to enable us. There was a time I could never have stood where I'm standing now and talking to you because I was just completely unable to do it but I can remember a time when the Holy Spirit came on me and it changed me and I've never been the same since and for each one of us where we need power where we'd like to uh, go forward in God we can only do it through the power of the Holy Spirit and as I said last time that the Holy Spirit is a person and he's waiting for you to invite him into your life. And it's like the vicar said that uh, many times that um, Christ will set us free and bring us into a glorious liberty. What are you hoping for? Hope that he's seen is not hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? That's verse 24. When we don't hope for what we have, we don't hope for what we have, but what we don't have. However, God may have given you something, but you don't realise it yet. Now, I've experienced this. Over the years, God will take, set us free from various things. And as we are faithful to our calling, God often will change us and give us gifts to do it each step of the way. And God's probably given you a gift at the moment, or you've got a gift in your life, but you don't realise it. But eventually, when we're faithful walking with him and trusting him, it suddenly dawns on us that we can do something that we couldn't do before. And God is breaking us to a point where we, where we need to trust the Holy Spirit. He helps us, he guides us, he speaks to us, he strengthens us. He leads us and reveals God's mind to us. And leads us on in faith. But the emphasis on us To say, Lord, Holy Spirit, come into my life now in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. 
We don't hope for what we have, but what we don't have. However, you may have a gift, but don't realize it. And it's a case of seeking and doing things in faith that God will reveal the ability that you've got. And it comes with a desire to do something specifically. A desire what God put in my heart right from the beginning was to encourage. You may have a gift of teaching or whatever, evangelism, wanting to reach other people. We all have something to contribute to the upbuilding of the church. But we've got to grow up into what God wants us to be. It's a 24 hour a day faith walking with God. Overcoming is the key to life. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is the paradise of God. We have to overcome. We have to see it through. We have to come to the place where we move on and go into the place of eternity. And for those that overcome, will receive or go into the paradise of God. Sitting on the fence is not an option. Sitting on the fence is not an option. Because the Holy Spirit might come and shake the fence and fall off. Our relationship with God is not on our terms. Our relationship with God is always on God's terms. He sets the agenda. He, he sets the relationship or the, um, the dimension of it. But it's on God's terms and we don't come to God on our terms. We've come into a new covenant. It's a covenant relationship. God decides what the terms are in a covenant relationship. And to come into a covenant relationship with God, we've got to die to ourselves and come to the place where God will meet with us and we come into that place of covenant with him. I'm going to move on because of the time. There are crowns for God's people. The Bible talks about crowns. There will be rewards for service done. There are five crowns listed in the Bible for believers that overcome and for the work that they've done for God in Christ. And the first crown listed is the crown of life. Through his love for God, the believer finds strength to overcome temptation and to endure trials. The Apostle Paul said we also glory in tribulations. James chapter 1 verse 12. The second crown, imperishable. Paul used the Greek games to illustrate the spiritual race of the believer. They ran to win a perishable crown. But we run for an imperishable crown. Verses 25 of 1 Corinthians. 
This should give us hope, really, to press on. The, the reality of who we are and what we were created for. The reality of why God has drawn, him to, drawn us to himself. The creator God loves you so much. He sent his only begotten son to die for you. You can be set free out of ignorance. Jesus came to seek and to save. The crown of righteousness is the... Th- is the no, the crown of rejoicing is the third one. Is the soul witness crown... Is the soul witness's crown... The greatest work you are privileged to do for the Lord now is to bring others to a knowledge of Christ as Saviour. We're not spiritual scalp hunters and we don't walk about hammering the gospel at people. And many often people want to see something different in our lives. And as the Holy Spirit breaks them down, he's drawing them to God. And often we can be in the right place at the right time, which is known as a divine contact. And my experience is that when we're talking to somebody about Jesus, we ask their permission to explain to them. Many Christians don't know how to explain the gospel or the good news of what Jesus has done. And if we can get alone with someone and ask them if they'd like you to pray with them, ask permission to tell them things that God did for you. And as you go along in the conversation, you can say to them, did that make sense? And if they say yes, you can take them a little bit further till you come to the point where you can say to them, would you like me to pray for you? And each one of us has has a different personality. And God draws us to people who have got similar personalities, who you can relate to. But we have to ask him to lead us to them. Divine contacts. Not everybody's an evangelist, but everybody has a story to tell. And it's just confidence. And if you begin to start with this, it will get effective in your life. You'll find yourself getting excited. You'll want to do it more often because God blesses you for doing it. Believe with the heart and confess with the mouth that Jesus is Lord and you'll be saved. The crown of righteousness is a reward for those who love and are waiting for the second coming of Jesus of Christ. This had a dynamic impact on Paul's life. He could say, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verses 5 and 7. And fifth, the crown of glory is a special reward For faithful, obedient, God-called pastors, they will receive the reward when the Christ shepherd appears. Also, we will have eternal life spent in the paradise of God. 
That will happen when Christ's new kingdom is established. Will you be part of it? Will you overcome in Christ? We will receive new bodies and personalities beyond this life. I want to encourage you this morning to take hold of what God's done for you and just by faith begin slowly to move into a more deeper relationship with Jesus. We have to ask him to come in by his Holy Spirit. Finally, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. Revelation chapter 2 verses 3 to 4. Shall we pray? Living God, we don't know how we existed without you. We don't know how we could cope without you. But Lord, you lifted us out of the miry clay and the mess of our lives. And you came into our lives to reveal yourself to us. We thank you, Lord, that you are an ever-present God. With you, nothing is impossible. All things are possible. You're the same yesterday, today and forever. And that you love each one of us with an everlasting love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And if there's someone here this morning that hasn't put their trust in Jesus, just say this little prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of the living God. Come into my heart now and forgive me and be my Lord and Saviour. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into my heart the moment I asked you to. Amen. If you said that prayer, don't go out the church without speaking to somebody for more help. And if anyone does need prayer, I encourage you to go and speak to somebody. Don't take the baggage home with you, because God wants to lift it all off you. And it might be just a simple prayer with someone to do that and help you. Amen.